Cardo. All right, everyone, welcome to a brand new edition of the Swift Kicks podcast. As always, we're going to start off by asking you guys to please like, share, and subscribe. Share this with anybody that loves the beautiful game and wants to listen to us give all of our trash takes. We promise they're the best ones you're going to hear out there. Uh, Ben, I've been promised that this episode is brought to you, I guess, by Sunday night, not so live. Uh, You're going to tee that up a little bit later. But my first question to you is how happy are you that Granddaddy Zlatan is back and recalled by Sweden? Return of the GOAT, I, I called it just in time for Euros, conveniently followed up shortly by a World Cup year. This man is not going down without a fight. You're in for a treat. It's too bad Sweden are, are pretty pretty crap. <laughs> by that World Cup, he'll be 41 years old. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, I was just going to ask you, Like he's 39 years old. He left uh, with 116 caps and 62 goals in that time. Is he going to build on that? Or is he going to be way past it, his prime? I mean... It, I feel like Zlatan way past his prime is still their best striker. So like, it doesn't really matter. Like, I think the the fact that he is back in the mix is going to make me watch more of their games this summer. Um, and I think, you know, we we've seen him in the Italian league. He can score goals. Yeah. He's still pretty dynamic. It's not yeah. like the Italian league is an easy league. He's way past his prime is 14 goals and 14 appearances in Serie A. Right. <laughs> Right, he's scoring a goal a game at one of the highest levels in the world. But I think, you know, the, the challenge is going to be, can can they put enough supporting cast around him to get him mm-hmm. to, like, a knockout stage? Cause exactly. Because they're always a bit of a flop, and you expect big things from him just because you know he's on the field. So it's exciting, and I think that might be why he is uh, out of games right now. His injuries may or may not be that serious. He just knows where he's trying to be this summer. It's the way the game goes, but you have to feel for like the striker who, because Zlatan had retired from international football at the end of the Euros in 2016, so he hasn't been in even uh, he hasn't been in the in the landscape since. And you have to, you know, there's been some strikers obviously that have filled that role since, and I've been like mainstays now in the Sweden camp, and then Zlatan just comes back at 39 years old, and you know that one of them strikers are just gonna get the boot and like, man, like I don't yeah. see it like. I've worked for this so hard and now I'm out because Latin wants to play again. Right. But I mean, I do agree. I mean, I think even 39 year old Latin is um, if he's available and if he's un- in form, which he is, it's difficult to say no. Yeah. You have to take him. I think uh, what was the coach. He said it was funny. He was asked about him and he was like, Oh yeah, you know, great player and everything. He's still in form. I'm really glad to have him or whatever. But then he's like, you know, he's a little bit funny at times, especially on like social media and stuff like that. So he's, he's, but I think that's part of it as well. Like the Swedish national team just wants some hype around them as much as they want anything, you know, just to, to bring in somebody who's, who's already tweeting like return of the God and like things like that. Yeah. And, you know, he's ready. He's, he's excited. I, what he's going to try and get them to the world cup, right. For 2022. His right. social media was how I figured out or was how I found out that he was coming back. I saw the return Imagine. of the God. I'm like, wait, what? And I go back to my like my footy app and I was, oh my God. <laughs> Imagine being that coach of just like, great. Like, I'm sure the coach found out the exact same way. He didn't like call up the coach and be like, coach, I'd like to try out for you. He probably just took to Twitter and was like, I'm back. And they're like, well, yeah. I guess we're playing Zlatan now. No, <laughs> they had, he had, they've been, he's been coach for a long time because – because they've been grilling the coach when uh, Zlatan was still in, like has been in form, like even scoring goals for like LA and all that stuff. They were like, yo, or even, I think even Manchester United, they're like, is there any chance that Zlatan comes back? And the coach was like, nah, like he's retired. 
he's not a, he's not a, an option. They weren't even talking about him. And then Zlatan was saying, I read some article or this interview he'd been saying, it's like we've been speaking over the past X amount of months. And uh, this has been, a, this has been in development for a bit of time now. Right. That's, that's awesome. Like that's, that's great to see. And I'm going to choose to believe that Zlatan announced it to the coach on Twitter. Uh, and if anyone asks, that's just what I'm yeah. telling. That's how I like to believe it happened too. It was just, yeah. just one day they were like, Oh, all right. Uh, and Alexander Isaac, uh, you're out. <laughs> we're going to be putting right. in Zlatan. <laughs> yeah. Imagine that you're sitting on your couch and you're like, yo, did you see Zlatan's back? And you're just like, damn. Guess, guess, uh, that means I'm out because yeah. Euros isn't happening this yeah. year. <laughs> right. I already told my family I was going. Uh, you got tickets already for yeah, people. travel arrangements. Right. Oh, sh- I already took my COVID have to get a summer job. <laughs> I love That's it. Great. Uh, so yeah. while Zlatan's showing off about being uh, the god and being back, uh, let's get to the Premier League. Pep Guardiola, he's already explaining why his team is currently the worst Manchester City team that he's ever had to coach. But uh, Stevie's well on his way to winning a quadruple. So what do you make of that? Worst team. I think he's just probably trying to deflect the pressure. What? Yeah. He said it was his worst (laughs) team. I didn't hear that correctly. (laughs) Yeah. Pep? Yeah. Apparently. Apparently. I don't think I I haven't seen that myself, but. uh, Until they win a trophy, he says. Until they win a trophy. It will remain the worst of his spell. Yeah. I think because he knows there's a lot riding on the season. And I think he knows that there's the possibility of the season is, is very high. Like the, the possibility exists for them to do something that's not been seen before. And so as a manager to help ease the burden and the mental pressure of that, I think a deflection tactic such as it's a strange way to go about it, but just roasting a team. Like this is the worst <laughs> team I've ever coached. <laughs> like, like it's something similar to that, but I, I have to imagine that's got to be some sort of deflection tactic. Let's just focus on what we're doing, not build into the pressure that everyone's going to be. I mean, it's going to be coming more and more and more as the season goes on. And if they continue in these competitions, it's just going to get more. It's just going to be more prevalent toward, you know, towards the tail end of these competitions. So maybe the deflection tactics are starting now to help uh, put at ease those players. I don't know. Maybe That'd maybe he's learned uh, some lessons from Barcelona. He's like, okay, I won't just subtweet angry things at them. I'm just going to outright say, <laughs> you guys suck, so come out and win. <laughs> That's a good strategy. It's a good strategy. Do you guys think that Pep looks like he's like waiting for a bus? Like he's not waiting dressed a bus. like a football coach on the sideline. He's got a jacket on with a t-shirt. He's, he's setting trends, like, man. He's got a hoodie on yeah. now. It's what some hoodie. This is like open arms. It's like a nonprofit Dude, for some sort of cause. Can we talk about that shirt against me? That, ja- that hoodie against Man United. The they open were, arms one. Yeah. So he's got this hoodie on and it says open arms and he's just stood there with his arms crossed. And I was like, the irony <laughs> of this is uncanny. I love that. They're that's, talking about really his funny. sweatshirt right now. Um, but yeah, I think Alex, you might have hit the nail on the head there. He was uh, taking a note from Barcelona, like if I trash my team publicly, the players will play harder. Yeah. And low expectations, you know. Right? I mean, trash them publicly and not hire smear campaigns. Yeah, right. Yes. He's saving money. If anything, he just saved <laughs> yeah, exactly right. tons He's of a, money. A fiscally responsible <laughs> head coach. Yeah. He's a mogul. Like the man has figured it out to the team. More managers should be like Pep. 
<laughs> Can we talk about how they are sneakily, what, uh, 15 points ahead of the top or something like that? <laughs> yeah, every three points, they keep getting an extra point. And I'm not sure if they like think no one's watching, but like they were just nine points ahead. Then they were 11. Now they're like 14 points ahead of United, and they haven't played any games. Every three you points. I think for we them noticed that. The, the <laughs> honesty of that is right there with AC Milan being Man United's Europa draw. Right. It does not make sense. <laughs> I mean, they, I guess they do have a game in hand, but you know, it is definitely the youngest team Pep has ever coached, which is dangerous, right? Like you can mm. be seeing the making of a dynasty. The real question for you guys, is that a dig on the Premier League? Is he taking a shot at the Premier League and saying, I'm doing this with one of the the worst teams I've ever coached. This league's a joke. You know, in Spain, they do things better. And maybe the smear campaign is actually Barcelona sent him to the Premier League to smash mouth about the Premier League. Smearception. Yeah, Barca just keeps going. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's just it just never stops. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, I don't know. <laughs> difficult. It's uh, difficult to say. I suppose time will only tell. If 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 Pep does, st- I was thinking this out in my head. If if Pep does win four titles this season, does Pep stay at City? Where else yes. is he going? That's that's what I was thinking. (laughs) That's what I was thinking was where would he go? And I couldn't think of anything. So my guess would be either he would take like a break, like for like a year or two, or he'd just stay. You think he'd take a sabbatical to find himself? I mean, he's just been like a high... I mean, Barcelona, Bayern Munich, Man City. I feel like Man City's probably been the the most stressful one because you have more eyes on you. And there's more... I feel like there's more negative press about... I mean, really, any team, any big team in the Prem. Yep. I don't know. I just feel like I feel like I could see a man uh, taking a break after a stretch of managing teams. You should high go over level. the NFL, like <laughs> yeah. really, really branch out and show he's that good of a coach. But no, I, I don't really think he would go anywhere. Right? Like, I think you'd want to win it like two or three years in a row. Yeah, I, I, I was just a thought. Yeah, I could see him maybe taking a couple of years off or even just a season off, uh, kind of yeah. like Jose Mourinho. I mean, they're both they both were assistant coaches like around the same time. Uh, they both worked with Bobby Robson uh, while they were at Barcelona. And uh, I could see him, you know, maybe, like I said, taking the time off and sort of reassessing what he wants to do, finding a new challenge for himself and going forward. That's if this season turns out to be you know, the way that it is, you know, if they win a quadruple, you know, what else is there to do? Go out on a high. Um, I think we've seen what's happened with uh, over at Liverpool and, you know, Jurgen Klopp, he kind of has this, what do they call it? The Dortmund dumps or whatever. Like there was a season where he, he fell, you know, he was riding a high and then he fell down uh, and sort of picked himself back up and then moved on. Um, but Pep Guardiola, I don't think, I can't remember a bad season Man City's had in the past couple of years. So I don't know what else he has to achieve. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I can't recall, like, off the top of my head, like, their their end of season finishes over the past, like, few seasons. I couldn't recount those to you. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm I'd want to know how close he is to any records, right? Like, is he close to, like, catching Do you think he chases one? those, though? I think Probably. I really? think you have to, to be that good. And at that level, there is no matter what, there is an ego, like somewhere that ego is chipping away at him. Mm. So why, why would you bother if you make your first couple mil? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it, it does like, why bother ever? You know what I mean? When you've won something, why do you keep going? 
Right. Like Sir Alex, you know, the good coaches don't typically take time off. Even uh, Jose Mourinho's time off was, wasn't it like ushered out? Yeah. I don't think he ever like parted ways. When did Jose Mourinho take a break? That's before Tottenham. He was unemployed, wasn't he? Yeah. How long, how long of a spell was that though? Uh, I'd have to look (laughs) for it, but I think it was at least two years. Really? I thought it was like maybe six months. It's possible. Let me find out. I'm probably wrong. Well, while you look that up, Ben, I just want to say that uh, Liverpool may have more of a say or or maybe directed more by LeBron James. Uh, He's become a part owner of the Boston Red Sox and he's joined the Fenway Sports Group, which is what sort of is the overall umbrella that owns part of Liverpool. And James, of course, has a 2% stake in Liverpool right now. So he might be uh, expanding his investment. He might get a little bit uh, more LeBron James in the Premier League. He should play a friendly at least. Wait, yeah. you're saying I, LeBron James? LeBron LBJ. James. All right, I looked it up real quick before we go back to LBJ. Yeah. Um, uh, he took a he was off for a year. He was unemployed from Man United and then came back at, to Tottenham okay. in 2019. So it was 2018, okay. 2018-19 season. Then 1920, he was in Tottenham. Uh, going back to LBJ, I think the game we want to see is the next time AC Milan play Liverpool. We want to oh, put no. LeBron in. Let's get that going. All right. Let's settle this on the field, like uh, how the sport was meant to be, and let them play it out. Yeah. All right. <laughs> we'll see. LeBron see how that one works. <laughs> Does LeBron even like soccer? He owns part of Liverpool. That yeah. doesn't matter. You think that's a savvy business investment? If he sees if he sees the potential for money in something, I don't care if it's in cricket or whatever. I mean, I don't have to like it for it to make money for me. Fair enough. But I think he is like genuinely like, isn't he a Red Sox fan? So I, I have think, no idea. I think in a weird way, like he is a fan of the Premier League at least. And that was probably just a way for him to invest. I don't know the entire backstory okay. of that, but I do okay. think that he's genuinely like a fan of whatever he's investing okay. in. Like, yeah, he's like made a billion dollars in his life, but. <laughs> yeah, like Kobe was like openly like with like, you know, like a soccer fan. You'd see him yeah. on like ads, like like juggling a ball with like Ronaldinho and stuff and right. playing in like Italy where he was growing up and stuff like that. But I just didn't know anything about LeBron. Right. Ocho Cinco's a big uh yeah, that's a name I've heard in a long time. <laughs> oh yeah, him on Twitter. It's fire. <laughs> there, today he popped up on Twitter, not to get too off topic, but he popped up on Twitter of him retweeting a photo of him trying to bribe a referee with one dollar on the field. <laughs> he got a dollar bill in his hand, he's trying to hand it to a ref when they're reviewing a play. It's pretty funny. You guys remember when he tried doing uh he tried doing uh like he tried trying out after he had left football, he tried was, trying out for the Kansas city. I think they were, yeah. I don't know if it was sporting Kansas city at the time or Kansas city wizards when they were called, but I'm not sure. But, and then they, they like had video footage of him trying out. I mean, it just looked like, it looked like, like a, a high school player playing with pros. He just did not belong. Like, yeah, you could tell he's kicked the ball, like maybe a couple times, like he's, he's kicked the ball a few times, but like that was a money grab. That Dude, was... I, I don't know. I think in Did you fairness, see it? Did you yeah, see it? He he had a couple of moments, if I'm remembering correctly, that I was like, huh. I'm wondering if I'm a coach right there of like, I want to stash this guy in my reserves for three years and see if I can get like a season out of him selling tickets. Yeah. You know what I mean? The problem <laughs> is he probably wants so much stupid money yeah. that uh, you know, it doesn't make sense. But it's kind of like our boy Usain Bolt that we used to talk quite a bit about. Mm-hmm. But 
I, I will say I, one thing I do remember is like Ocho Cinco's closing speed was unreal. Like yeah, the ability yeah. he had to cover the field, he was like burning people. He just had the 50 P touch yeah. where like the balls all over the place off of, uh, off after, of after seeing both uh, minimal amounts of both of those people, Usain Bolt and Ocho Cinco, I think Usain Bolt was a better player. Yeah. A hundred percent. We Usain were... Bolt, I think had a higher <laughs> level of soccer yeah. in his youth than, than Ocho Cinco did, but in fairness, I wonder how uh, Ocho Cinco would have fared if he would have gone over to Australia. Yeah, I mean, we were we were back in Usain Bolt to the hill. <laughs> we were really hoping that he was going to make it, <laughs> but the old Aussies they didn't they didn't want him. Um, so getting back to the Premier League, Ben, you'll find this kind of funnier. But uh, Chelsea's coach Tommy Tuchel's uh, he was asked about, you know, from the fans and from the press, he's been asked uh, about Timo Werner. And a lot of people have been saying, you know, OK, you've sort of got the team, you know, backfiring in all cylinders, it seems like. But it seems like Timo, he's not playing well. And is he going to be, you know, shipped off in the summer or anything like that? And, and while addressing those rumors, he told everybody to go read a book <laughs> instead of transfer rumors. <laughs> I think you're the coaches this year just getting a little heated with the press. I think it's the COVID stress. Yeah, like They're so frustrated with the press this year. Yeah, And I don't know if it's because everyone has a mask on, so they don't know if they're smirking or what's going on. <laughs> but, like, the reality to me is, like, dude, just, just go with the flow. Like, they're going to ask you questions, man. That's how they, they make their money. But I do think uh, he's kind of wasting Werner right now, right? Like, he's not really playing. He's uh, back in Giroux needs to to kind of shit or get off the pot with him i think you know to be honest chelsea are in good shape he hasn't lost a game since coming in yeah. um and i i think the chelsea squad as a whole is on the up and up i think the real crime that's going on there is there's an overrated player named christian pulisic who uh needs to find his way to a, a club that he belongs on i think like a <laughs> <Southampton> <laughs> yeah. yeah you know great a squad no i think he belongs at like a newcastle a team that's barely in the prem where he'll get 90 minutes every game. Dude, new, Christian Pulisic walks into a Newcastle side. He is the best player on the team. He is. He is not. That's not that is not the American bias in me. That's just facts. Uh, that's just facts. I think Alan St. Maximum would probably be slightly better. But yeah, he'd be definitely one of the top players. He would have to be. I don't think he belongs at a Newcastle. I oh, would man. just outright disregard or disagree with does he belong at celtic he's past that man i don't i don't i think the i think the level i think the level of chelsea is a good level for him because he's he's when he's given the chance he proves himself he just needs someone that backs him uh in a system that can support him like dortmund was perfect yeah i think dortmund he had he had been he had grown up there basically and he was really uh you were seeing the fruits of his labor at uh at, at Dortmund. And that next level up, that next step, um, I think is just proving to have some hurdles. So maybe another step not down or up, but maybe laterally, uh, another club of the same caliber, I think would be the move. Where where would he start? Like where, where would, would he you... start? Yeah. Let me let that marinate for a second. I, I mean if we're just talk, strictly talking the Prem, I think he would start at Newcastle. <laughs> start at Newcastle. Um, he'd start at he'd start at easily would start at Everton. 
He'd start at I think he'd start at Arsenal personally. Um, Arsenal's current form, yeah. But they're like mid table teams. I think Chelsea's still a big six. I don't I think he could do a good job at Leicester as well. Him, Harvey Barnes. I mean, Ayo's yeah, I think I think Leicester, he could play at Leicester as well. I think Leicester may not be like, you know, have the sex appeal of like Manchester United, Manchester City and all that. But end of the day, Leicester City is sitting, what, third right now mm-hmm. behind United, like a point or two behind United, if I'm correct. I think yeah. Leicester's a good shout. Liverpool were backing him. Do you guys remember the reports for Liverpool before he yeah. went to Chelsea? Yeah. There was rumored for him going to Liverpool, and Liverpool were. I mean, they had just they had won. I think were either that was a season that they won the Champions League, or they had already. No, I think it was a season that they won the Champions League. Either way, this guy could get into a, a majority of good sides. There's already like, it's all the rumor mill, but there are already rumors again spiking up that he could either go to Man United or Liverpool. Liverpool is another one of the names that's floated around in the press. I, I, I rate Pulisic higher than like Martial for easily. Mm-hmm. Martial's won a World Cup. Come on now. How much did Martial contribute to that? I don't know. I don't have his stats in front of me, bro, but I can tell you that Pulisic Minimal. wasn't even in that tournament. Minimal. I mean, you could say the same. I mean, okay, you can say the same thing for like a player like Ryan Giggs. Ryan Giggs never won the World Cup. Does that mean he's a trash player? Right, but like, are you going to play him over Mane or Mo Salah? Let's see. Let's see if they stay stick around at the end of the season. Right, but they're currently there. Like, you know what I mean? Like, if they're still there, I, I prefer him over what's his name, Zaka. Like, what's the guy that looks like Gru for Liverpool? Looks like who? Oh. Who's I don't, I don't know who Rue is. I don't get that reference. You mean you don't Gru? know who Rue is <laughs> from, no, from Despicable is. Me, <laughs> bro? Uh-uh, I don't know who that is. Oh, <laughs> First is off, that, we need to Google that for you later. Is that that tall bald dude? <laughs> is he tall? Yeah, tall, skinny leg. Is he got like? Is he just wearing nothing but black clothes? Shakiri. Yeah. I'm yeah. thinking of Shakiri, and yes, that is Gru. He has minions. Okay, okay got it. I think Shakiri looks like Gru. Um, Neither here nor there. I just I would take Pulisic over Shakiri. Shakiri looks yeah for like sure. Him. Yeah, dude. There's I mean they're both humans. I suppose he totally looks like <laughs> they're not human. One's a cartoon. Like <laughs> all right, then they have no resemblances. One's got hair, the other one doesn't. The yeah, other one's, one's tight, like, one not. The other one's skinny. That one's not. They both have no defense. Like you know, they got that in common. Sick. Are they both left footed? Anyway, my point is, who are you going to start him over? Like, there's no club he would start over. Like, I could see him going into a United and replacing a Daniel James. Yes. That that makes sense yes. to me. Yes. But, like, at Liverpool, he's not going over, you know, Mane or uh, most lot. And granted, you know, they could be gone. I just don't see him starting over a lot of people. Like, he's, he's good. He's not great. Okay. We've named... Liverpool. I think Tottenham also have a case of probably not starting over, like Huming Song and and Gareth Bale and Gareth Bale. I mean, <laughs> I, I he's probably not starting over them too. But like besides Tottenham and besides um, Liverpool, Man City have who? Riyad Mahrez and who's Sterling. Ster- yeah. Has Sterling been playing? Been featuring lately? Yeah, not really. 
but I mean, Sterling is, I rate Sterling higher than Pulisic. Um, I don't know. I think he gets into United side. I think he can get into the Chelsea side. I think in Leicester, I think he can get into Arsenal. I, I mean, these are all. I think a sneaky teams. one would be West Ham. If they have a good season and he's looking for something to say that that's a very sort of similar, I mean, it's London, uh, very similar, you know, sort of culture around them. Uh, same sort of places that they're fighting for. I mean, yeah, West Ham, you kind of run the risk of maybe being in a relegation yeah. battle every once in a while, but when they're flying high, you know, things are going well. They're on and the up could, and up. Yeah. And he could be uh, a player that, that builds something. I, I do you, I, I just have a difficult time fathoming or, or just seeing David Moyes like nurturing somebody at the yeah. age that he's at. It's more like he gets into a role and like, just kind of, I don't want to say puts it in cruise control, but like does what he's done over the, his career. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's Moyes? not, yeah, David Moyes. I hate David Moyes with a passion. <laughs> and I apologize, nothing against him personally, but he just ran United into the ground. Yeah. He had a sixth place team, like Everton. Was he at Everton before United? Where was yeah. he? And yeah. he was doing, he was doing bits at, at Everton. Yeah, mm-hmm. but he was like sixth at best, 10th. They're a mid table team. He goes into Man United and he brings in like four starters for Everton. And you're just like, bro, why do you want to bring in mid-table players into a top-tier team? He has his occasional year where he does perform like he is this year. I just think he doesn't know how to win. Like he's not a winning coach. You know what I mean? Like he's usually mid-table. He just gets by, hmm. does enough to not get canned. And hmm. I think he's having a bit of a fluke year with uh, with West Ham. And it's those type of managers that I would find a hard time like – nurturing and really uh right. getting the most out of someone like christian pulisic so like for him to go to like an uh a west ham yeah he starts but or you know he, he he would be starting quickly if not right away but is that the move i don't think so you think that his best i also move think is germany to, be... i think germany looks after him i think germany i think a Bayern munich or, or Dort, i mean obviously not going right. not back to dortmund but like just germany just they look after their own Mm-hmm. They really build their players on a solid foundation and, and just springboard them on a path to success, it seems. And he had a good experience there. Right. And he, he's, he's got fond memories of it there. He's grown up there, basically. I honestly think Germany does it right when it comes to youth. I, I agree. And I think, Alex, you were saying like maybe a couple months ago now that the Bundesliga is one of the most physical leagues out there and it's, yeah consistently good quality football so yeah more power to him yeah. you know going back to west ham real quick um i think if west ham was allowed to play jesse lingard against uh man united man united would have lost that game <laughs> oh he wasn't allowed because he had made yeah I, i'm pretty sure it was in alone. the contract yeah. agreement yeah yep. damn i didn't know that that makes sense i just didn't think about that i suppose yeah, I mean, they're yeah, holding in with, you know, I mean, yeah, they lost, but like they were holding in with United. They held in with City. Um, you know, they haven't really been sort of blown out by any team and they've mm-hmm. really been putting in a solid season, I think. For sure. I mean, you know, had fair, like a lot more shots. I think if I have my numbers right, I think United had like 15 some odd shots and, and West Ham had like maybe a handful. But yeah. stats aside, I mean, the end of the day was still 1 0. Mm hmm. Yeah, it was like 60, 65% possession in yeah. favor, too. But 
uh, honestly, that doesn't matter. It was an own goal. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, yeah, exactly. Barely exactly. scraped by. Yeah. And I think West Ham, in fairness, looked pretty good. And United had possession, but they weren't as threatening as you would have liked to have seen. Uh, Mason Greenwood was a little unlucky to not score, but you know, I think you're seeing him kind of make his way into the starting side over Martial. Like you're saying, you know, is Martial that great? I don't know, but I do think you can do better. Um, and it's just a matter of time. If, if Greenwood could score some goals, they'd be much more dangerous because it's all, it, it's all down to like PKs and the occasional rebound that, you know, Rashford gets on a breakaway and that's uh, you know, it's not sustainable. And, you know, again, Pogba is nowhere to be seen. Yeah. I haven't, I haven't heard that guy's name in forever. <laughs> like nothing that he's done has stood out a on the pitch, but B to like even write about, like you never hear like, Oh yeah. Pogba just put in a solid shift. Like he did something really good today. Like, you know, or watch this highlight of him doing anything. King like, of inconsistency. <laughs> it's injury riddled, man. I don't think he takes himself too seriously outside of the, mm. the games. Right. Like I think his ego is bigger than his boots. Um, Pogba and Cavani, though, are returning to the squad this year, it looks like. Uh, both are returning fully fit. I think Cavani is, uh, you know, someone that should be utilized potentially over Martial. Granted, like, fitness aside, right? We want to make sure you can get a, a full game out of someone before you put them on and start them. Um, but in the press most recently, Cavani's dad took to the press saying how upset he Cavani is at Man United not playing. And I'm like, dude, you've been there like six months. <laughs> Shut up. It doesn't make sense. Um, what were you guys' thoughts on the rest of the Prem this last weekend? I thought the red card uh, given to Eric Lamella in the Arsenal-Tottenham game was uh, laughable. Unreal. Um, Unreal. To just was, uh, slap somebody so- across the face and basically, yeah. you know, just balancing yourself almost to look like. That was it. The, the referee had zero doubt in his mind when, when as soon as his palm brushed the chin hairs of Kieran Tierney and Kieran Tierney goes down, instantly the referee brings out the second yellow. No doubt in his mind, he brings out the red. And then they go to VAR to, 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 to review it to see if it should have been a straight red card for malicious intent, which would have been merited a, a three-match ban for Eric Lamella. The fact that that was even a conversation in a stoppage of play to review that. If you've seen the offense, if you saw the game and saw the foul, I don't, I don't know how, I don't know how you didn't, if you didn't laugh, I don't know how you didn't laugh. Right. Cause it was, it was, it was, it was just, it was ludicrous. <laughs> and <laughs> Lee Dixon just talking it up. Like, like Lamella just went and shot someone. It just, yeah. I mean, his night or day, I guess, went from pretty sensational, though, with that, you know, his first goal uh, to yeah, pretty disastrous. What a cheeky, <laughs> cheeky goal that was. The <laughs> only thing I thought when I saw the goal was if you'd attempted that and missed, yeah, I'd have been screaming. Like, if I would have been like a teammate, I'd have been screaming at you. You have a wall of people in front of you. Why are you trying that there? Yeah. But then it goes in and he's the hero. It so sucks he, if they he, lost. He, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. He was off either way. Like if he missed that, you know, he'd be pulled out by the coach. But he made it and then he ended up in the red card situation. So he's it out. was such a strange Rabona, because most Rabonas that you see, whether it's a cross or a pass or a shot, they have some loft to them. They have some right. lift to them. That was the wor- yeah, dude. I, I can't <laughs> I wonder if he mishit it 
and it was just Rabona a worm burner. No and, then, and then the goalkeeper just had no visual on it until too late because it went through like five people. Needs to get that Pfizer fix for that Rabona. Yeah. Um, but it it was Rabona it was on yeah thanks it was unreal like i just remember seeing it because i was watching it and i was like half half awake and i was like hang on what did he just do like <laughs> did he just pull that off yeah. and then he's so excited i'm like you still lost dude like come on, man. <laughs> take, take it down a notch yeah. like it's, it's one all you didn't just yeah. win the world cup but right. no that was that was pretty uh, Lee Dixon, um, I think he was probably bullied as a child and might need <laughs> some therapy to stop selling people, like sending people off for pretty much any reason. And then he's threatening three match bands like he's a hard guy. Like, ooh, yeah. easy. Come on, Lee. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's it's getting out of out of control, but we could beat up VAR a whole nother day. I think if anything, uh, Jose Mourinho cemented in into history that he is a uh a lot of talk and not a lot of delivery. Yeah. Well, I was reading something interesting. You want to talk about VAR. There might be some uh, changes coming to it. FIFA apparently is looking at um, limb tracking technology. Now, I know most of you guys have probably turned off the podcast when I said that, uh, but it'll help identify instantly, like as plays going on, whether or not somebody's offside. So there won't be any need to have the referee, you know, pause the game, take a look, see if they were offside or anything like that. It'll be almost an instantaneous decision made by the computer. And then that'll be, you know, probably distributed from whoever the VAR referee is in London or wherever and given to the ref in his ear and who will be able to know right away. What did you say? Uh, it's called limb, limb, like your arms or legs, limb tracking oh, technology. Okay. okay. <laughs> they should have a robot that has a paintball gun that snipes people when they're outside. Like if we're just going to go out and go futuristic, why don't we just keep going yeah. and just say like, let's get as ridiculous as possible. Oh, Marcus Rashford has been hit with a paintball offsides. Yeah. Like, but the stupid goes. thing is, is FIFA like, so there's not going to be some like, I don't know, giant red screen that appears on like the big screen in the stadium or anything to like alert everybody in the stands that all oh, people was off sides or whatever, or like a flag or anything. They're still going to leave the final decision up to the officials. So even if the official could still be like, oh, well, the computer said that you're off, but like, ah, I don't think you were. So go ahead and do whatever. So there's still going to be issues with it as much as they want to fix it. I don't know if this will make it better or worse, but it, it definitely looks like FIFA at least is trying to address the issues with, with VAR, which is good. I suppose any conversation about uh, improving VAR is a good conversation. Yeah. They're just committed to it, though. That's the frustrating. Just right. throw it in the trash, man. Like, it's okay. <laughs> make a mistake. Just I think. It. Wait, th- what, you mean throw VAR completely in the trash? Yeah, get rid of it. I don't know, man. I. As much as we gripe about it, I think knowing knowing the knowledge, having the knowledge and, and technology that we have now, I, I feel like it's so. We talked about this. I rem, I'm having deja vu now. I can't imagine goals like Frank Lampard scored against Germany in 2010 World Cup. That's goal line technology. That's not VAR. No, is that so? Those are different things. I would differentiate the two of them. They're not. There's not a package deal. It might be, but you could just have goal line technology and stop. Okay. You could you could persuade me on that. I also think that it's really funny to me that they make the refs make the call still. So like you're still the fall guy for it. Like, you know, Lee Dixon gets a call from VAR of like, hey, you gotta come look at this. Hmm. And then he's calling stuff and he's like, Yeah, you know, they, they told me about that. And it's like, 
you're still the bad guy as the ref, even though it's it's VAR you know, doing it. I'm thinking about that. I'm thinking about what football would look like with just goal line technology, and I think that would be that would be nice. So you need because those. I mean, the goals are what a goal that was was a proper goal that was not counted, or vice versa. Those are like those are like almost like two blatant of errors that having the technology that we have now, we can't let those slide anymore, but like offsides, uh, that's kind of part of the game. Like if, if, if a player was offsides, but it just wasn't caught, then like, that's just, I don't, I don't know. I, I could see where people are starting making the case. Like, Oh, if we had VAR, that would have easily been human error is a part of the game of right. players. Right. If and the goal is to human... eradicate human error, then that's just never going to happen. Right. Like so... you're going to have a guy that scores an own goal. Right. Um, the Leicester game, for instance, there's a player that got smashed in the face by his own player like three times in a row this weekend. It was brilliant. Um, like clearance off the dome. Two minutes later, he took a cross to the face. And it was just like, that's great. This guy is just destroying <laughs> his brain cells. But like at the same time, like you're not going to be like, oh, we need to replace this with perfection. We're going to hope we do better. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. you, it's part of the drama, right? It's the art of the game. Yeah. And you yeah. can't put a science to it. Yeah. Perhaps you just wouldn't satisfy everybody in having just goal line technology and no VAR. But given Scroll. I've not heard any proposals, I've not heard any proposals yet on how to proceed further, but I would go with Ben's. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> I would take Ben's to the bank at this point. That's a win. <laughs> Let's end the podcast before I say anything yeah. else and just will, uh, move on with the success i will take anything that helps newcastle win if uh <laughs> let's, let's go here all right um i know i know you were talking about uh was it tommy two chains at chelsea you know he's been undefeated and everything since he since he came in well steve bruce i'm not even sure if this is a real quote or if it was just something i saw online but it's something that i think that he would say so i'm going to attribute it to him he said well you know we're undefeated in the past couple of games so that's something positive that we can look forward on and that undefeatedness is three draws in a row in the past couple of weeks, uh, uh, pretty much nil nils or one ones. So that's what he's working for. But I'm pretty much firmly of the belief right now that Newcastle is going to be at the end of the season in a relegation spot. Um, He's the actions that he's taken have put the club, you know, in such a precarious position. And the threat of going down is, is like all too real now. Basically, I just, I don't even care if we get relegated. I just want him out of the club. Um, and I mean, you look, you, you were talking too about, you know, like the managers and the way that they're talking with the press nowadays and everything. There's so much that you can glean from what they say, like, yeah, there's frustration and whatever emotion or anything, but Steve Bruce is just all over the place. And his message is just like so uninspiring. And it's kind of like revealing as to why there's nothing going on at the club right now. I mean, he's saying things like, oh, our big players, uh, they're going to be around the corner. You know, we got like Alan say maximum, um, Miguel Almiron like they're all out with injuries right now and uh, oh they'll be they'll be back in maybe a couple of weeks and you know it's basically a message of like the cavalry is going to come and save us at the end of the season and it's just you know it's it's uninspiring so it's basically just telling everybody else that's playing right now hey you're not good enough and you're not going to get us any goals uh, but we're going to wait for all these other people to come in and Ben you were saying about our uh, our, our game in hand that we have well, I guess we still technically have it over Fulham, but there was a point when we drew 
and Fulham hadn't played yet, and it was only a two-point difference. And I think that that's basically going to be the cat-and-mouse game for a little bit here until one of us slips up, and frankly, I think it's going to be Newcastle, and Fulham's going to pull it off. Or Big Sam and West Brom are going to do the sneak attack and come out from 19th. <laughs> sneak attack? Yeah. <laughs> but the other thing, I think- what, did I, what did I tell you guys? That like um, the Premier League is looking at bringing back some fans uh, for – especially like the last couple games of the season, maybe like 10,000 fans. There's no way Steve Bruce survives 10,000 angry Newcastle fans actually giving them what they think, you know, for 90 minutes. I, I mean, I think I saw something this week in the, the Guardian that summed up Steve Bruce. <laughs> uh, let's just take a moment and acknowledge COVID started a year ago. Mm-hmm. And the Guardian's headline on Steve Bruce five days ago was Steve Bruce blames club's coronavirus uh, outbreak for Newcastle's poor form. Like, it's such an old, overused excuse. <laughs> like, come yeah. on, dude. You're a little late to the game there. Um, but I, no, I think he's going to get absolutely abused. But knowing him, they'll probably win. <laughs> like they'll probably he'll do yeah. just enough to cement himself yeah. in the club for like another couple of weeks oh we'll get like we'll, we'll end in we're either ending in relegation or like 15th place you know oh look we, you know we weren't so bad just kind of lower mid table i don't season. see newcastle selling ten thousand tickets right now man like not oh, being funny no. anybody that they would just go there as a protest you know they would they <laughs> it would just be to show banners of you know get steve bruce out ashley out just to, everything <laughs> all the frustration to, from the summer just to abuse him yeah a hundred percent because because what was the first game where it could happen was like sheffield and it's like okay i don't know maybe some of those fans would come up just to be like all right we'll see our team on the way out <laughs> but <laughs> there's definitely going to be ten thousand newcastle fans that want to do something I just want to release frustration as there would be with, with Celtic fans, as there would be with, you know, any other team. I think it's, there's going to be this unleashed energy on every league, every team, everywhere, frustration, elation, joy, sadness, whatever it is, like it's all going to come in, in those last couple of games. If they do allow, you know, things continue to get better and they do allow fans in the stands. Fans in the stands. Fans in the stands. stands. Uh, Steve, uh, what's going on over with Celtic? I saw like the Scottish national team posted uh, their their uh, it's their international. I think it's for friendlies. I don't think it's for World Cup qualifiers quite yet, but it was for some sort of international tournament. And there was only like three or four uh, Celtic players that were on the roster. And to be fair, there was only three or four uh, Rangers players. But still, I feel like the the national team should be made up of more of the top two teams, right? Yeah. I, before, before we touch in on that, I did want to bring up another topic that will tie into um, that will tie into the Scottish game here. Mm. I don't know if you guys had seen um, an article uh, regarding the Dutch and Belgian leagues potentially uh, doing a merger. Ooh. Did you guys happen to catch that? No, that's interesting though. Like a Benelux yeah, so, league almost. Yeah, That'd so good. So it would be called like the they even have a name for it. It's that far in advance where they'd have a name for it. It's called the <laughs> Beneliga. So apparently, uh 25 professional clubs. Um, I don't know if that's in one league or both leagues or anyway, 
uh, voted in favor of establishing this Beneliga, which is a merger with the Dutch uh, Eredivisie mm-hmm. and the, the Belgian League. And apparently how it would work is that they would have, uh, I believe, the top, I think it's the top seven from each, the top five or top seven from each team or from each league into the into this merger league. And then like the bottom, the remaining positions would be determined via like the previous five like finishing positions of each team. It, it, it was a lo- long conversation as to how that would be determined. But how this ties into Scotland was that um, the SPFL, the Scottish uh, Professional Football League, and Celtic and Rangers have in the early 2000s had uh, discussions with for like an Atlantic League, uh, kind of having like a, a, some sort of a merger between Netherlands, Belgium, Scotland, Portugal, and a few Scandinavian countries. These This has all been pretty dead in the water for a long time, but um, I can't help but think that the, the, the SPFL is having a watchful eye on the development of this potential merger mm-hmm. with Belgium uh, and, and the Netherlands and seeing if they can maybe uh, bring back to light, maybe some more conversations on getting another merger. Cause I think the more, I think the, the Scottish premiership, it's difficult for it to get out. I don't want to say it's in a rut, but yeah. I'm going to use the word rut. It's stuck. It's, it's difficult. Yeah. It's stuck. It's difficult for it to get unstuck without an influx of money, an influx of attention, an influx of viewership, an influx of, 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 of hype of some regard. And I think that a reshuffling of leagues, I don't, I, although it kind of scares me in a way, cause I don't want everybody going to merger leagues. Yeah. Like, you know, I just think, I just think that can get tricky and get slippery quick, but Scotland going into something where maybe there's a merger with like the Scandinavian countries or, or, or maybe I don't think this would happen, but England, maybe yeah. the Republic of Ireland and, and other Scandinavian countries, who, however that gets composed. I, I think that the SPFL is going to be keeping a watchful eye on this and, and hopefully, well, I don't know if it's hopefully maybe when more details come out about this Beneliga and we see how it would actually work. Um, we can then pass judgment on, on whether or not it's a good idea or not, but it's interesting because I don't really know of too many leagues that are like that. No, yeah, we personally. mentioned we mentioned like I think I like Brashley said a couple weeks ago. Like I'd like to see, you know, Scotland you know yeah. match up with the Premier League, and I was thinking about that afterwards a little bit more. And I think your lower level teams, like the the problem with the Scottish league right now is it's so um, there's the good, and then there's everyone else. Mm. You got Celtic and Rangers, and then maybe one other team that's you know in the mix at times but like mm. other than that those other teams would be washed out mm. so quickly and i think that's detrimental to scottish football uh you know what i mean like yeah. would aberdeen survive in the prem no you know what i mean like should they have a team in the prem to start maybe but as soon as like two seasons in you're gonna have maybe celtic and rangers representing scotland and all these other teams would be losing money and it would really destroy you know the economy of uh, scottish yeah. fo- football league my biggest thing is I think of is like, is like the, for these Scottish teams, I, I just don't know the state of these other countries, domestic leagues and their yeah. teams and their financial situations of these leagues well enough to really have much of a say on it. But because I, or because I follow Scottish football, I have a bit more knowledge on something in Scotland. I can't imagine teams like Livingston or, I mean, Hearts aren't in the premiership right now, but like a team like Hearts or, or uh, Inverness, something like that, having to travel to like 
if, if, if England and Scotland had emerged, like, you know, like Aberdeen, North Scotland going down to Brighton, how can they afford that type of travel? I just can't fathom yeah. these teams being able to, to well, front the bill for stuff like that. That's the whole allure of it for me and why I brought it up originally is like if the Scottish Premier League needs money, you're going to get the television rights that the Premier yeah, League Yeah, I guess that's – I guess, yeah. But like, the you know, it's a, an assessment of like, if, would you get enough in the league? Right, right for these lower teams in the, in the table. Right. That's and I think point. that's it. Yeah. So I'd almost rather see the FA cup expand and include uh, the Scottish premier league. You know what I mean? Something that gives them that shot to get a little bit of cash injected. Mm. Um, that doesn't really hurt your lower teams. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then everyone gets a, a chance and it's, it's uh, yeah. you know, just, a I guess that, different that would be established. Like when you're, when you're going over like TV rights for the league and all that, you'd have to weigh in like, all right, is this going to cover, all of our, you know, travel costs and all that. And then also, are we still in the green and like making money? You know what though, going back to Alex's original segue, I I think Scotland have a dangerous squad. Like, yeah. I don't know that they're going to be like winning it, but they've got the players to be in there. It could be another 2016 Wales. I think yeah. they're better than that, man. They've got players that are playing at great levels. If they gel, yeah. They're going to be they're going to be dangerous. So they've got Scott McTominay in in center of the park. He's a physical player. You don't want to go against him. Yeah. Che Adams is in in um which we call is in good form. And Ryan then, Christie. I mean, you have right. a lot of good players in the side for sure. Right. Ryan Fraser, Newcastle. John McGinn. Like there's there's players in there, and then Kieran Tierney. from Liverpool. Kieran Tierney. Yeah. Right. It's a good squad. Like they'd be up there with England. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like. A couple, uh, they're like one player short of like England's caliber. But I think if they, if they're clicking and, you know, with the excitement of them being in these tournaments, mm-hmm. might carry them pretty far. I don't think they're going to win anything. But yeah, I wonder. And when when Wales made it to the Euro sixteen, uh, was that their first in, like major international tournament in like a, a first like a, a sizable chunk of time? Do you guys recall that? Yeah. So I wonder if that, that that hype will play into the same that same hype will play into Scotland, like almost like a no expectations. We're just here and we're having fun kind of thing. But then Wales, oops, we're in the semis. Like, you know what I mean? I mean, they lost yeah. in the semis eventually. But I wonder if something could similar could happen with Scotland this this time around. Well, yeah. I'm looking at this right now, and I don't see a squad that's any less than Croatia. You you know what I mean? Like. Mm. I don't think they're going to win the World Cup, but they have the ability to get in the mix and really make it make a run at it. Do we know when the or have have the have the groups already been determined for the Euros? I don't think so. No. I know that. And the, by the way, these these uh, this squad that was put out is for World Cup qualifiers, um, right, and okay. also Wales hadn't played in a tournament for fifty eight years before they made 58 it. Fifty eight years. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, Scotland's been twenty two. 20 or 22, something like that, I think. Yeah, there, I remember 50, them at the... That's unreal. What was it? 2002 World Cup? Does that sound right? No. I was thinking 98 personally, but... Wales or Scotland? Scotland. Scotland. Oh, maybe actually. Because I remember it was like Scotland, Ireland, and England were all in that World Cup. And only hmm. England made it out. Hmm. Out of curiosity, is... Is Scotland being in the mix a direct result of that National League thing that they implemented that we covered forever ago? Oh, uh, the Nations League or League yeah. of Nations or whatever the hell it's called? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like a superhero um, pact? 
I think, I think, I, you know what? I don't, I don't know enough about the road that they took to qualify to be able to like neither confirm nor deny. Steve, I'm giving you homework. The people deserve to know. <laughs> I'm sure we can find this out right now. Helped get them there because if it did and they make a run at it, it it should be something we reflect on and be like, hang on, that tournament that was a joke just paid off for you know. Yeah, Scotland. Right. I know it was down to the wire. I mean, it went down to penalties, uh, or not penalties. I think actually it did. Yeah, I, if I remember correctly. Right. It was a knockout situation. Yeah, it was. I remember it was super down to the wire. I think it was pen. Yeah, it was penalties. It was penalties. Um. Anyway, yeah, that's this is going to take me too long to be able to look this up, so I'll I'll do a little bit of homework, I suppose. Um, but yeah, I am no, I am did. curious. It's one hundred percent correct. Scotland beat Israel on penalties, got promoted to League B, but because they won League C, they were allocated one of the four remaining UEFA Euro twenty twenty places. Uh, fact check, Ben. You're welcome. Yeah, Ben got something right. Well done. This is my day. On that <laughs> note, I'm confident enough to be like, let's go at it. Let's throw down. Let's uh, let's do a where are they now, and let's see if um, <laughs> Scuba Steve and uh, Alex are ready to endeavor. I've changed my strategy a little bit. I'm, okay. I'm no longer going for the crazy ones. I'm going for something oh. that should blend in just perfectly. It's like a, a fine wine, and. Uh, well, hold on. Speaking of fine wines, I know Steve has something something ready for this segment. He's had it ready, <laughs> sitting by his side. <laughs> my champagne, my champagne of beer. Oh, he's already I... drank it. <laughs> yeah, it's already Completely gone. Threw him off his game. I also want to give the fans an update. Steve is no longer wearing all black. He is. The lights are also on in my room again. Moved on out of his uh, his moments of sadness and got old firm is this weekend so depends on how that goes uh the lights could yeah. be back off uh the, this coming monday <laughs> you're gonna see steve on a milk carton next week <laughs> all right <Jesus. laughs> yeah, you're welcome uh, <laughs> i'm here for it all right so first and foremost guys i decided that despite the amount of shade you keep throwing me steve i'm gonna start off by pointing out that this person whose name I almost just started with telling you is a Sagittarius. All right. Take your judgment and shove it. Um, (laughs) Yep. This person was born on, I don't know. It doesn't matter when they're born. They're Sagittarius. Somewhere between November and December. (laughs) Yeah. It was December 3rd. What is between November and December? That's a Sagittarius. Yeah. Whatever. Come on, dude. Get your facts. All right. Uh, this individual, just so you guys know, retired from football last year. Have at it. Retired from the Premier League? Nope. Nice try. Is he? Is his nationality European-based? His nationality is not European-based, but he did play in Europe. Did he retire from the MLS? He did not like most of people. <laughs> did he so retire he, from? Did he retire in Japan? No. South America. Nope. He retired from a, a club in Europe. He was not known for where he retired from, though. Mm. He's known for his time in the Premier League. 
Where did he start his career? I don't know if you can answer that one. I think we got to get there, don't we? <laughs> um, he is. You said he's not of Europe. No, he is of European nationality. Is that right? He is not. He's not of European nationality. Okay. He's not European. He just retired last year. So 2020. Who? What are some notable names that retired last year? Uh, hang on. Did he play for United? Nope. Okay. Suck it. Did he play in a World Cup? Uh, yeah. Okay. Um... Did, did he – no, I can't even think of any that came f- – uh, Did he play for more than one team in the Premier League? He did not. He started his career in France at a okay. small club. Okay. And then – you know, made his way up to a bigger club in France before coming over to England for a majority of his career and then went, uh, b- bounced around the rest of Europe from there. He just retired last year. Can you tell me how old he is? Uh, yes, I can. He is 38 years of age. Okay. But he's not European. Correct. But he started in France. Is he African? Yeah, see, I would imagine he might be African then. Yes. Just realized nodding does not go over well in podcasts. <laughs> yes. Yes, he is. What what African players, notable African players retired? Did he a Drogba? I don't know. Did he randomly play somewhere? I didn't know. Actually, nope. that might. Oh. You were real close, though. Yeah, that might be. That might not have been a bad show. <laughs> Michael Essien. <laughs> Michael Essien, it is. Really? Wow. <laughs> yes. yes. Michael Essien. So that's Alex one, Steve zero, because we started keeping score today. Wow. Uh, <laughs> Michael Essien <laughs> that's had uh, <laughs> quite a prolific career. And honestly, he's probably one of the best center mids. Like, he was. He played for Real really, Madrid for a second. Really, yeah. really good. Yeah. He won a lot of hardware for Chelsea. Yeah. Like he was there in their their glory days. He started out at uh, uh, Bastia, went to Lyon, and then spent nine years at Chelsea. Went on to loan to Real Madrid. Mm-hmm. Did a year at Milan. Mm-hmm. Uh, Panathic. What's the Greek team? Panathikos. Panathiakos. Panathiakos. <laughs> yep. Uh, for for a year, and then went to another club that, in Indonesia. And wow. That money retired from the European club, uh, Sabale FK, um, which is an average <laughs> Azerbaijani football club. Um, he's a journeyman after Chelsea, yeah, he is. Holy smokes, he did wow. not do a whole lot of caps for a lot of those teams. He was pretty successful for Ghana as well, played for the national team for 12 years. Um, is he one of the China guys? Do you ever go, do you go to China? No, okay. he went to Indonesia though. He's currently coaching. In uh, the Danish league, though. Just strange. Just places where he doesn't. That's crazy. Those are all, I I would imagine, like strong language barrier countries. Indonesia. (laughs) I I mean, I know like the Danes speak a good amount of English. Money money knows no languages. I suppose. But you still got to be able to communicate. 
Maybe that's why he stays for such a small amount of time. He's like, all right, this is, yeah. <laughs> I can't speak this. <laughs> I'm out. Right. That was a good one though. Michael Essien. I, I don't know. Was he the one? I like, he, I like to think uh, I'd have gotten there eventually, but I wasn't, I wasn't there. He scored that one wonder goal, right? He like, did. Yeah, off the Barcelona. outside of his right foot. Yeah, was, was it against, against Barcelona? Yeah, yes. it was Barcelona. Yes. That volley outside the box. Yes. That was forever what he'll be known for. I always yeah. thought he was going to be more of a threat when uh, he was playing for Ghana against the U.S. I think, I mean, I'm sure yeah. he put in a solid game, but I don't remember him being like standout. He was the player of the club for Chelsea, I think. Yeah. He was 100%. Like, Where yeah. You talk about like nine. I, I sign that guy every time. <laughs> you talk about like a Chelsea wonder year sort of star. He was definitely one of them, big time. Right. But yeah, and I think he was kind of sh- overshadowed by like Fernando Torres and Frank Lampard, right? Yeah. But even then, Drogba, get... yeah. Drogba, yeah. for sure. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. What a squad that was. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So, the where are they now? Last week we covered Chappelle um, and a cat named Mr. McMitten. McMitten's. McMitten's. And now McLessian. I forgot. And Alex, good job. Steve, you got to step it up, man. Steve, you suck. Appreciate it. Um, all right. I want to bring this story up real quick. Arsene Wenger, back in the news. He says that we should play the World Cup and the Euros every two years and kick all the other tournaments out. Wait, 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 like all international tournaments? Yep. Four years is too long for everybody to have to wait between a major tournament, especially for the players, uh, and organize only competitions of any meaning. Kick out all the parallel competitions that are going on. So the very competition we were just talking about that probably let Scotland get into the Euros, uh, get rid of that. But let's just play the World Cup and the, the Euros. Euros. Yep. Every two years, right? Every two years, yep. I mean, but I mean, but then I mean, there's large chunks of the world that aren't even included, right? Or only once every four years. I mean, right? It's why the U.S. has Concacaf. That's how they get in the tournament, <laughs> right? <laughs> exactly. Like we, so we needs do? Just to get arson. <laughs> arson needs uh, raining back in. Like yeah. just throwing this out there. Yeah. He uh, just he's philosophizing too much. He needs to just. Stop thinking. Yeah, and he stop wants thinking to, for a second. He wants to like uh, sort of compact down the whole qualifying, you know, sessions that they have for both of these tournaments as well. He's like, you know, players need holidays. Like they need to take time off. Like they can't be spending all this time in the middle of the season going off and playing for their club and everything like that. Um, yeah. Did we talk of... about it last uh, episode? The We're talking about reforms of leagues and all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw an article over this past week. I thought it was this past week. Uh of the of uh i don't know who proposed it but a proposal for a restructuring of the champions league and how it's played um where like uh, there's more teams involved and each group has like instead of four teams i think it was like five and then every team has to play like every team in the each group has to or I can't remember the structure for the life of me, but it meant that each individual team participating in the Champions League would have to play more games. Wow. Which already on top of a compact schedule, like in England, for example, where they don't have any winter break, you're adding more games to these top sides. It just sounded like a horrible idea. Did you guys happen to see anything about that? Is this the where they would bring back like the final eight tournament as well? <sighs> Where it'd be like a, a single site 
one leg sort of just knockout round robin tournament it, kind of deal. It was it was like there was actually I think if I remember right there was no groups. Everyone was in this massive like table yeah. style, and like every, every all the participating teams in this table had to play. I think it was like ten games versus the eight that they play now. Or, or, or hmm. and the and the fact of the matter is, this new structure, this proposal would have each team playing more games a season, on top of what they're already required to play. That's which starting, I just think starting to sound a lot like uh, the talk of like the Super League. You know, all these basically the top clubs across Europe that are always playing in the Champions League anyway want to create a, you know, Europe wide Super League. And it's something that would be huge for TV money and all that kind of stuff. And of course, you know, clubs around the world don't want that to happen because everybody wants a slice of the pie. But uh, it also kills those lower level teams. Exactly. Yeah, that's exactly the argument. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Just seems like Celtic have been suffering. You're going to see. higher up teams axed yeah um alex the the article that you were referencing about arson winger yeah. the thread of comments below it are absolutely <laughs> fire <laughs> i'm just sitting here looking at them and it's like a bunch of people that are trying to stick up for players rights and then there's this one guy whose name is snowflake trigger uh he done lost his goddamn mind <laughs> Big Tottenham fan well, there. Elaborate, elaborate. <laughs> no, oh, that's that, where that what he, he said. That's that's just where he is ending it. Oh, okay. Then there's a bunch of people putting proposals out there, like you need to make the English Premier uh, League to 16 clubs. 18 is not good enough. Not really sure where he's going with that one. Yeah, well, it is just fire. So if you find that article and you're 18 is not good enough, there's 20. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Ben, right, did you write home, that one? Go home, you're drunk. No, I think it says Steve <laughs> underscore. <laughs> um oh it's amazing no i'm I'm interested in seeing like i think it's cool that scotland are in the mix and i think it's cool to see the league of nations maybe have an impact yeah you know what i mean like if they get all the teams that get through because of that just get eliminated straight away they should probably reevaluate it but again var yeah right i mean maybe i mean i don't know just because a team that gets qualifies by the by that avenue doesn't win the whole thing. Does that mean that they shouldn't be there? I don't know. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's, it's introducing, it's, it's uh, like an influx of new, yeah. it's like a breath of fresh air, you know? Yeah. You're it's seeing some faces you haven't. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a different, different competition. I mean, the teams that are going to be winning it are still probably going to be winning it. You're just adding a little bit of flair to this. Yeah. Stirring the pot a little bit. Yeah. Flair. I'm here for it. <laughs> All right. Let's move on to, Trash takes. So this week's a little weird. Uh, it's a FA Cup week. It's the quarterfinals. So we could either do trash takes or we could do both. Trash takes in the quarterfinals. And then there's like a couple of makeup games for stuff that happened during COVID. Uh, so there's like four games going on. You got Fulham and Leeds, Brighton and Newcastle, uh, Villa, Tottenham and West Ham Arsenal. Uh, and then in the FA Cup, you got Bournemouth, Southampton, Everton, Man City, Chelsea and Sheffield United. Somehow Sheffield United's in the quarterfinal of the FA Cup, sitting bottom of the Premier League. That is uh, sick. <laughs> and then Leicester City, Man United as well this Sunday. So let's start. Let's start with the FA Cup games. You guys take a look at that and see uh, which one you're most excited for, and and who's oh, going to Leicester Man United should be fire. Yeah. You got Pogba and Cavani coming back. 
And then Leicester in pretty good form themselves after just absolutely dousing Sheffield United 5-0. I think that's obviously the game of the weekend to kind of keep your eyes on. I think Leicester might pull it out. Um, So I think, you know, I'll take my trash take right here, right now. I'm calling it Leicester over Man United, FA Cup. Mm. Yeah, I'll probably suck in that. Uh, Hold on, let me look at... This is six today's is okay. So we've got yeah, Bournemouth, Southampton, Everton, Man City, Chelsea. Yeah, in terms of trash takes, I would say that Leicester should be taken United. Um, I would love to see Sheffield just do yes <laughs> the unthinkable, but <laughs> just give them yeah. something. Give them something to look forward to. Sheffield in the semis. <laughs> <laughs> like like two changes gets way too confident yep. and puts out a side like plays Pulisic. Yeah, just yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then Sheffield just it's not even like I mean like a like a one one nil, something like that. Like a one one. What would they are is it still at the stage where they would have to No replays, man. Okay. Yeah, you okay. can replay in the FA Cup. Yep. Not not at this point. That's what I'm wondering. I was like Quarterfinals is it'll go to PKs. Oh, does okay. it really? I thought they did yeah. started with the quarters. My bad. I heard a commercial for the FA Cup this morning. It's the only reason I know it because they said they pointed that out. Man, Ben's got all the facts today. Like so something's wrong in the yeah, universe. So maybe, maybe that episode that will, will never win. air. This will never hit the airwaves. If this goes missing, this is me being censored. <laughs> Ruining my image. <laughs> Ever took the hashtag strong. Yeah. <laughs> it's dubbed in every time I say something of like right. not this. <laughs> but yeah, I'd probably back I would probably back Leicester as well. Um Bournemouth, what's Bournemouth looking like in the championship? Do we know how strong are they on a run of form? Doesn't matter. It's Southampton. Southampton are trash. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, in terms of the last five games, uh, South, uh, Bournemouth is, is definitely stronger. Bournemouth in seventh. Lost. So they're just wow. outside of the playoffs. How are they in the FA Cup quarterfinals? Dude, uh, Sheffield is too. Magic of the FA Cup, isn't it? <laughs> right. <laughs> That's the only reason Chris Wilder lasted as long as he did. It's because, like, they were like, I mean, he's not out of the FA Cup yet. Like, He's can't. shocked that he was fired. Yeah, I'm still in the FA Cup. What, what is this? Right. What you're aiming for? <laughs> Um, I'm going to go with Everton beating Man City. Ruin the quad. Okay. Wow. Do it. They, don't have, they don't have Jordan Pickford, but, you know, it's, it's probably for the best. Virgil van Dijk is rubbing his hands menacingly. <laughs> Jordan Pickford's not playing. Yeah. Um, but as for the Premier League... I mean, yeah, the, the trash, the trash take is Brighton. Newcastle has to be Brighton, right? Like, that's... <laughs> yeah, Fulham are going to take Leeds. I yeah, could see I was going to say that, too. It's at Damn. home as well. It's at it's at Craven Cottage. I could see that. A pretty good weekend. Arsenal-West Ham should be good. You got a bit of a London derby there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Newcastle are fighting for their lives. And, uh, and Villa's on it. Villa-Tottenham could be... Yeah, Villa-Tottenham could, could be good, yeah. Right. Oh, come on, Big Sam against uh, Chelsea. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's not going to happen, but a man can dream. Yeah. I don't think Big Sam's getting out of this one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, looking ahead further, you know, to next weekend, we'll talk about it in our next podcast, but like April 3rd, 4th, 5th, 
There's some uh, business end deals going on down here, you know. Ooh, Leicester versus City. That are, That'd be a good yeah, one. Games that are going to mean a lot for teams. Yeah, the King Power. Yep. Looking for Champions League spots, looking to fight off relegation, looking to solidify their places in mid-table and stuff. I think, I think we're in for a good close of the season for sure. Newcastle versus Tottenham at St. James. Mm-hmm. How many games do Man City need to lose for you guys to take take United seriously? I mean, I'm taking Leicester more serious than I am taking United. Wow. That's just rude. Like, it's a lack it's, of compassion. It's the, it's for the inconvenient truth. Is it? Is it, Steve? Well, let's compare schedules. As, as I put on my. <laughs> so, Man United, who do they have coming up yeah, in I the mean, next United couple of years? United are going to frustratingly lose to Brighton. Like, that's <laughs> the kind of crap that United pull. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, I think United have a slightly easier end of schedule. Brighton. Tottenham, okay. Burnley, Leeds, Liverpool, who really aren't doing that great. Uh, Villa, interesting. Leicester, they'll have to play. But then Fulham and Wolves, you know, it's not too bad. It's fairly winnable schedule. Win that one out. Uh, let's look at Leicester right now. They have coming up Man City, uh, West Ham, Brom, uh, Crystal Palace, Southampton. So they have a little Newcastle, a little bit of run of form there. Uh, Man United, but then they close out with Chelsea and Tottenham. I think the real race is for that fourth and final Champions League spot. Man City have a tough end of the year, minus Brighton. Good. Let's make this spicy. Right. Like, this is what the people want to see. Yeah. yeah. Give the people what they want. Yeah. If, if you can hear Man them. City crash and burn. That would be funny. Man City don't have a week 36 game. Yes, they do. It's against uh, Newcastle, so it doesn't count. That's why. Um, they got. Oh, oh. Che- I, th- I don't know, man. Like Chelsea, you basically need Man City to give up points against one scrub team for it to be interesting, right? Like if they it's one, points- it's what was what's the point difference right now? Isn't like four? It's, it's like huge. 13. But my point is like Leicester, Villa, Chelsea can all take points. That's yeah. nine points, right? And granted, if City win one of them, season's probably over. But you need them to lose one game that doesn't make sense. Yeah. You gotta but have how many so games have City games. lost this year? Yeah. Uh, it's like two, isn't it? Negative zero. Oh, it's uh, Leeds. We need Leeds to do work on Man City. They've lost three Premier League games, zero Champions League games. I think it wasn't one of the early ones. Didn't no, never mind. Never mind. Anyway, yeah, it'd be nice if Leeds could uh Honestly, if any team could do it, you could see Le- Leeds. Leeds could do it. Leeds, Leeds like will beat will beat a strong side like two right. nil, right. and then they'll lose to like a really weak side like three nil, and yep. it's like you just left scratching your head. Like I don't, yeah, I want to understand you, but I don't. <laughs> they've they've sort of taken over the role of Newcastle. That's exactly how they used to be for forever, and now we just lose. To, we're tied to everyone, and Steve Roos says, "Well done, boys." Good job. <laughs> Undefeated. Undefeated. I think the, Come on. I think the fans still like Marcelo Bielsa. Yes, very much so. <laughs> <laughs> they're just happy to be. They're just happy to be here. Yeah. <laughs> 
We're oh. here and it doesn't look like we're leaving. So this is pretty sick. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Love and life. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Maybe we'll actually get to see our team in the Premier League next season. The life of a <laughs> the life of a Leeds fan, especially next season when you're able, I would imagine so, to be able to go back into a stadium yep. and see your team playing back in the Prem. Yeah. Can't even imagine what that must be like. Yeah. Amazing. Ben, did you see the uh, Manchester United women's team are going to finally play at Old Trafford? I did see that. About time. I'm like, where have they been playing before? Yeah. <laughs> I don't understand why they weren't allowed in there. Yeah. <laughs> That's a, like a very, like, I feel like it's an intuitive question. Why it's we like... got a smear campaign against Midnight? <laughs> also, Man United are uh, out hunting for little boys. Um, they are looking to hire a scout for six-year-olds. I'm glad uh, I had a disclaimer because <laughs> I had questions. <laughs> We should probably mute Alex. <laughs> I mean, the description of this job, the successful candidate hashtag, hashtag will be... mute Alex. <laughs> the successful candidate will be expected to compile and maintain target lists of youngsters good enough to join United's Academy. <laughs> you guys, you, you should probably My have a press conference about this to worth. clear everything up. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like you got to change that title. <laughs> That's funny. Did you know this is awesome though? Man United have had an academy graduate in their match day squad for more than four thousand consecutive games. That's insane. Say that again. Man United have had a youth academy graduate in their match day squad for more than four thousand consecutive games. And they were saying the academies are dead. Yeah. I wonder if uh, Barcelona has, I wonder what their streak is, if yeah. or if even if they're on a streak. Well, you want to go back to a couple conversations about the uh, the Air Divisa and whatever the Belgian league is, you know, joining forces. I'm just thinking of like Ajax and Feyenoord and PSV. Mm-hmm. Those are classic youth academy, mm-hmm. you know, clubs that just are pride upon building up young players. So it'd be yeah, interesting. Like Anderlecht and all them. Like mm-hmm. even Anderlecht, like in Belgium, like there's some. Yeah. Yeah. Like Romelu Lukaku came from there. Yeah. Uh, Yuri Tielemans from from Leicester. He came from uh, Anderlecht as well. Um, there's a lot. There's a lot of. There's a lot of uh, potential. Yeah, you could have like a super development league. It'd be very yeah, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So to recap, what are our trash takes again? For not for FA Cup, but for the Prem. Uh, I got <laughs> Newcastle beating Brighton. It's a trash take yeah. these days. I don't. Th- <laughs> I don't think I did. I have. Oh, I don't remember what I had. <laughs> Hold on, let me pull it back up here. Go back to the prem. Look at my fixtures. I was taking a full over Leeds. Oh yeah, I remember mentally agreeing with that. Um, I. This is a ballsy one, and I don't, I don't think it's gonna happen. But I'm gonna back Big Sam to take down <laughs> Chelsea. Actually, it's gonna be, it's gonna be, it's gonna be point shared. All right, point shared, Big Sam. The draw. Yeah. Yeah. Draw. <laughs> right. It's a trash, trash take. <laughs> Good way to put it. All right, so plenty to look forward to with both the FA Cup and a couple of makeup games for the Premier League. With that, Ben, take us away. Guys, if you want to check me out at uh, on SNL2, uh, the Sunday Night Live, I'm um, doing a comedy show this Sunday night. If you guys want to check it out, I'll slide into our DMs. I'll send you the links, free tickets. Comment below. 
yeah. yeah comment below like subscribe share also if you've not told anyone about this you're doing a disservice i would like you to do me a bigger favor right now when we're done mm-hmm. so in a second mm-hmm. call your grandma call nan tell nan to tell a friend about us all right appreciate it thank you bye thank you Ricardo.